Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, I've read this before, but to me, this is a statement by R.A. Torrey. And when, when I read it, it really resonates with me. It really grabs me, okay? It says, uh, prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace. And listen, His grace, you and I need grace. We didn't earn anything. We need His grace and power. Now listen to it again. Prayer is the key. You put in the key to open the door. It unlocks all the storehouses. What a statement. It unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is and all that God has at his disposal. Now I want you to think about that. Everything that God has at his disposal He gives you a key to get into the storehouse, to retrieve it, to receive it, and to get it out. He's not trying. Now, if we we understand this when we go to God in prayer, God is not trying to withhold anything from us. His infinite grace and power is what He has for us, grace. He's not mad at you. You know, I used to think, I don't know, you you all may can relate to this, but I, I don't know why I even thought it. I, you know, I have no idea. It was just a, 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 a way of thinking that I had that God was mad at me. You know, I have failed the Lord just like we all do many times. So I thought, well, He just gives up on me. And he is mad at me. But see, it's the grace of God that we tap into. And when we confess our sin before the Lord, he forgives us, he cleanses us, and it is removed from us as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered again, and he doesn't dredge it up. Have you ever, maybe a spouse, now, okay, don't look at one another when I say this, but with a spouse, you know, if you if you do something uh, one of you does something against the other, and sometimes the uh, the spouse that you said or did something to that they took it as offensive, they don't let you forget it. You understand why? Well, you did, and you did. You remember? Anybody that ever happened to them? I know nobody in this room, because we're all too holy for that. But you you do understand that that happens in human relationships and even friends and, you know, you may have uh, siblings or whatever and those kinds of things can go on and, and you keep dredging up things. You keep, well, I remember when you did that and yeah, and you said this and you did that, you know, and we have a way of doing that as human beings. Well, number one, we ought to get over that. We ought to ask God to help us to grow up and mature and not do that to people because we need to be like our Savior, and we need to be like the Heavenly Father, and we need to forget about those things. So you see, God's not mad at you, and if you have a mindset like that, you have to, you have to get it changed, and the only way it's gonna change is to be updated from the Scripture to think the way God says you ought to think. You can keep on living in that human, 
existence if you want to, but I'm switching. I've switched over to the heavenly realm and as much as possible, I'm not perfect, but I'm on my way to improving hopefully every day and growing and stretching and becoming more like him. What about you? Don't you want to be? None of us will reach perfection. There was only one that was perfect, and that was Jesus Christ. But we can continually grow and mature and not be offensive and not, you know, uh, continue to treat people in wrong ways, but we can act like our Father. We need to be an imitator of Christ. We need to imitate Him in the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our relationships, in our marriages, in, in our homes with our children and at work, our employers and the employees that we work with. We need to have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in operation. And then people will begin to look at you and say, hey, boy, what has happened to you? You're different. Why? Because you're not holding grudges, bitter, Snarly, snappy, harsh, hard, but now you're kind and loving and thoughtful. That's Christ in your life. But see, when you open up that infinite storehouse that God has that's full of His grace, you can be forgiven and walk whole before the Lord. Now, to some of you, oh yeah, I know that. But some of you, it may be a real revelation to you. It may be something that you really need in your life. So we need to understand that we can tap into this and we can pray. Prayer is the key that unlocks the door. Prayer is the key that unlocks the door. And that's an important statement. And God expects us in prayer to be violent in prayer. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and you, you may not agree with me, and you may not understand, but the times that I get violent in prayer is the times that I get breakthroughs and things happen. And I'm not talking about get violent with God, obviously not. You know, but take His Word and war a good warfare. Take his word against the enemy and take that sword and cut him. No, you're not going to hold them captive in Jesus' name. You let them go, and I demand it in Jesus' name. You can get violent in prayer. Oh, well, in the name of Jesus, you just devil, get out of here. And he'll just say, okay, yeah, whatever. What we say when we say whatever means, that means nothing to me. But we need to get violent in prayer. In the times in this church where things have been tough and difficult, and don't you think that things have not been so tough and so difficult, we didn't even know how we were going to make it till the next day in a lot of situations. And everybody looks around today and you see and you think, oh, wow, that's wonderful. Look at this. Yeah. But you don't know what it's taken to get there and to hold it and to stand. Some of you might, but many of you don't, and it's okay. But I'm just saying, I, you have to get violent in prayer in those times when things were difficult. It, so why am I saying that to tell you that I relate to where you might be, and you got to get violent in your prayers, something that's been long-standing and going on in your life for a long time. 
Get violent in prayer. Take the word of God and cut up the enemy and cut through the barriers. You understand they're barriers and the storehouses of God are there full of his grace, full of power to overcome the enemy. And prayer is the key. And I believe that with all of my heart. Prayer is not the only thing in the Word of God that we need to learn about, but prayer is very important. And you can live your life from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, and, you know, just be a, a Christian that, you know, you just kind of hang around, you know, hang around, hang around. Or you can be a Christian who causes some things to happen in the kingdom that God can use you as his vessel to change things, to change things, to change the world, to help change people. People change because they want to, but when you pray for them and you intercede for them, God keeps dealing with them. He keeps dealing with them. Sometimes it doesn't look at all. Now, this is a crazy example, but I, want, I just want to tell you, how many of you been out on the road and, you know, these little animals, I love little animals. I don't care if they are raccoons or, you know, you know, possums. I don't care what they are. I'm not going to get close to them, but they're God's creatures. I, I wouldn't, I would never mistreat. I'd run from a skunk, but, <laughs> but anyway, I'm driving down the road and, you know, I go the same way every day every day coming into the office and everything. And there has been, you know, there's roadkill. <laughs> and it'll be everywhere, but seems like when the, it starts getting cold, they start coming out. But there has been a skunk and it's been dead there for a long period of time. But now, it, still, every time I go by that skunk, it smells really strongly. Well, you know a skunk. And you know, if, if that odor gets out and gets on anything, getting it off is almost impossible, isn't it? Right. Well, and I, I'm going down the road and see the Holy Spirit. I guess he just speaks to you how, you know, you listen. And he said, now I want you, I want you to notice that. That skunk has been there and, and it, it's dead. And, and, you know, you would think that that odor would diminish because it's dead, it's inactive, it doesn't have the ability to get up, to do anything. And the Lord said, and that's exactly the way the devil is. You bind him, you take authority over him, nothing seems to be different. That odor still lingers there but all the time his power is cut off, it's dead. That's just the residue that's left over. So don't you be deceived, don't be deceived. And, th and see, that's where the enemy gets God's people. That's where he gets God's people. Well, now look here, you said, you know, here, here's what the Bible said, and you did that and nothing happened, nothing changed. You might smell the skunk, but the skunk is laying on the side of the road. It's dead. It's not going to harm you. It's not going to get on your car, and it's not going to get on you. You understand? And so we need to... Treat the devil that way and understand that his power, when we bind him, is bound. Psalms 1010, verse number two. This scripture tells us to rule in the midst of our enemies 
Rule, let's say that together. Rule in the midst of our enemies. Let's say it again. Rule in the midst of our enemies. Okay, you take a person or, or a few people, and, and you know, here we are, God's people, and all around us, they're enemies to the cause of Christ. They're enemies to Jesus Christ. They're enemies to anything that has to do with the Lord, with His people, with believers, or anything like that. But the Bible says, don't let them overcome you, but you rule in the midst of your enemies. Now, how do you do that? Do you do that by picking up a gun? Do you do that by picking up a sword? Do you do that by placards? Do you do that by fighting with your words against another individual? No, you do not. You rule in the midst of your enemies. One way is through prayer, the key of prayer. And receiving that grace and receiving that power that God has given you. And, and to rule in the midst of your enemies means that you domineer. Now that's an ugly word in a lot of settings, but when it comes to the enemies of God and the enemies to the cause of Christ, it's okay to domineer. He said rule or reign. You know, the Bible says that we, God's people, rule and reign where? in this life. Romans talks about that, doesn't it? We rule and reign in this life. Everybody say, in this life. Well, I know when, you know, when we go to heaven that we're going to rule. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We'll be there. We're kings and priests under our God, even now, but there we will be. But the, the whole thing of it is we are to reign in the midst of our enemies. And there's a way to do that. And it's to use God's wisdom. You don't get up in someone, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Now, I've done that one time before, but it was a guy on the street that we were witnessing to, and he was following us down the street. And we just turned around and said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. Go. And he just turned around and left. Okay, but I don't do that. I don't do that. That was a unique time. Okay, so you don't do that. So when I'm talking about ruling in the midst of your enemies, that's not what I'm talking about. The Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not what you can see, what you can touch, none of that, not normal earthly weapons, but the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to pull down strongholds, to bind up the enemy and see if we believe that. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard that, I know that. Well, if that is your mindset, you don't understand it. You just don't understand it. Because this is the truth that God gives to his people, that we can really rule in the midst of our enemies and they don't rule over us. You know, many times though, see, it's like the skunk in the road that's still got the odor. You see things, you experience things. Well, God didn't hear me. God didn't do that. If you did what he said, then he did what he told you he would do. And you put more faith in that than you do in the people around you and the workings and doings that they're going on with. Amen? Amen. 
Okay, so he says, rule in the midst of your enemies. And again, this means to reign or have dominion. That's you and me. You can be sitting here tonight, you feel powerless. You don't feel like you have any ability to reign, but it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter about that. You need to update your thinking and you need to see things the way God says that they are. And you can change some things through prayer and you can see God intervene in the affairs of life, your life and the life of this church as we come together and collectively pray. See, it's so important to know you have power in your prayer closet, in your personal, devotional prayer closet. You have power with God. You can tap in and unlock the door to His grace and power, as R.A. Torrey talked about. You can do that. But also, when we come together and there's unity and harmony in this place right here, and we come together and we pray, there are things that happen and devils tremble. <coughs> devils tremble. You understand that? We are not weaklings. We're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And we stand our ground. That's what the Bible tells us to do, to stand our ground. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. We need to get, like I was talking about a few minutes ago, we need to get violent in our praying. I'm going to tell you, unity and harmony in prayer is powerful. You know, when you come into a church like this, we need to be mindful. You know, there, there can be so many people. Well, I think we ought to do this. And I think they should be doing that. You know what? If you were in the position of leadership, you would be doing exactly what they were doing because that's where they are. And that they know things that you do not know. They see things that you do not see. And when everybody is going around trying to put their two cents where, do I think you ought to be a thinking person? Yeah, I don't think you need to be brainless. You need to have opinions. I, I don't have a problem with that. But I'm talking about the work of God when it comes to unity and harmony. And when people, well, I think they ought to do this and I think they ought to do that. Well. You know, if you think that strongly enough, I guess that you could say it. But here's the thing. If, if the leader does not think that is timing and it's the thing to do, they cannot walk in that. Do you understand that? I, I was just thinking about this lately. Not, you know, not because I know that's going on. I'm, I'm just thinking about the body of Christ in the local church and how that we need to be speaking the same thing. You remember the Tower of Babel and they began to speak the same thing in great power and the Bible said nothing that they've imagined to do is going to be impossible for them. You remember that? Wow, that's unity and harmony in the wrong direction, but nonetheless, it was unity and harmony. So if we come into the local church, God's local church, and we speak the same thing instead of everybody, I'd do this and I'd do that and I'd do this. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because you would have more information and you wouldn't do those things. You see through a glass darkly, so to speak. You understand? So unity and harmony. Why am I saying that? I don't know. I'm way off. Way off. I'm, I'm on one of those dog paths I talk about. But, you know, it's still worth saying. 
So when we pray, we need to be people who rule in the midst of our enemies and not let just whatever the devil wants to do in our life, in our church, in our nation, just let it go because there's nothing we can do. The Bible says rule, reign, take dominion, domineer. See, people who, you know, you take a husband, he domineers the wife, or you take the wife and she domineers the husband. That's an ugly thing, isn't it? That's, you know, that's ugly. But you take a Christian that domineers the devil, that's beautiful to God. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.